on this episode of Comedy Rewind. Did Wedding Crushers catch its amazing cast at their comedic peak? Is the snappy dialogue here enough to make these manipulative dirtbags likeable? Has this podcast talked about a more ridiculous movie ending than the wedding ceremony scene? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. 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 Push Rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to 8-Bits Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio Technica as we rewatch the great comedies of the 1990s and 2000s. I'm your host, John O'Peck. Joining me for episode 50, taking a break from making balloon animals to make his triumphant return to the podcast, Salim the Dream. Abraham, how are you? I'm really good. I'm really good. I, uh, my hands are so sore from all of these balloon animals and my lungs feel so winded so it's nice to to take a breather and uh also gas bag a little bit with you is that is that enough wind related yeah uh, i think so references and puns yeah i think so <laughs> well i don't understand the balloon animal thing either so that's from the movie <laughs> oh yeah okay no. yeah yeah <laughs> oops <laughs> it makes sense people out there will probably be just as confused as you but it is relevant. It is from Wedding Crashes. Uh, you are the Vince Vaughn of, of this podcast, I think. I'll be, the, I'll be the Owen Wilson. Or maybe, it, I don't know, maybe it should be the other way around. But um, yeah, it's good to have you back, Dream. It's uh, what you said before, it's been a year or so since you've been part of any content, whether it be 8-bit or otherwise. Yeah, I, uh, I was, I was uh, requested to be on the uh, Hungry Gamers uh, oh, Christmas, right. you, you know Christmas episode, which which I I let Brendan know when he invited me that it was he always does it he he and Ali always do it the Saturday morning Saturday morning mm-hmm. like dead of morning, and I let him know that it was like right during the Christmas um party period and I said I had a big huge Christmas party on the Friday night before so I but I stuffed up I committed, uh, mm. but I also said hey I might be late slash hungover and i ended up waking up halfway through the episode recording yeah. called in <laughs> we tried getting me in halfway it just wasn't working and uh and so i yeah I, I bowed out but also um sung one of the greatest i think one of the greatest parody songs of all time um i think so too with, i'm with you never title. yeah i appreciate that <laughs> i 2021 yeah <laughs> i felt so bad that i <laughs> I created a yeah a rendition of hello for, for, for Christmas because I without consulting Brendan or Ali because uh, mm. I thought that they would appreciate that and uh, and yeah I, I don't know I think I'm still friends with them but I'm not sure yeah I think so it seems like a lot of effort like it would have been less effort to just wake up and do the podcast oh yeah no 100 it was a whole saturday <laughs> afternoon but i was it was a lot of fun as well like i, I had yeah, a lot of fun good. doing it um it was good yeah got would, a nice voice. Rather, thank you thank you yeah would have rather done the episode it's the freddie mercury mustache that you're rocking that's that's doing it for you <laughs> oh that maybe it's maybe it is a lionel richie mustache maybe that's where it's come from yeah it could be could be mm. yeah anyway um if you haven't heard that beautiful song you can go back to the uh the christmas episode of the Hungry Gamers, and I think it went up as its own upload just after, so it's it's easy to, to track down. Uh, but we've got you, Dream. He's he hasn't uh, slept in, he hasn't stayed out partying through this appointment. We're talking about wedding crashes, 
And yes, for some are. reason, um, Celine, when I sat down and started making my list of 2000s movies and Wedding Crashes was going to be on there, for some reason, I was just like, I have to get Dream back for this one. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what it is about this movie that connects you to it. Maybe I just picture you crashing weddings and um, being is one it? of these these good-natured uh, uh, dirt bags that are in this film. <laughs> oh, what? Uh, I, I won't take any offense to this, uh, but I, yeah, no, I wonder, is it like my, my, my serial singleness of the last, Maybe. like, our friendship so. plus five years that makes you think this I, way? Um, I think so. I think it's the fact that even though you've probably had lady friends, I, you've never told me about any of them and I've never known them by name or seen a photo of any of them. So I just assume that you're out there, uh, you know, rule number 26, buddy, like whatever it is that weekend. Don't, 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 don't. Tell your married friends about your single yeah. lady friends. Uh, so you know, you know what what um, was really funny was uh, I was what I, I kind of caught onto that vibe as I was watching the film uh, yesterday. Um, I, I was like, I think Johnny's picked me for a reason, <laughs> but but, I, but I, I've never like done this, right? I've never crashed weddings or, or funerals sure. for that matter. But one thing I did crash, and this is what I remembered uh, watching it was I once did this really funny thing um, when I was living in Melbourne. Brendan, big dog, uh, Brendan mm-hmm. 8-Bit, at Brendan 8-Bit, um, that guy, he flew down to Melbourne for a work function thing, like, but for a week. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I've the whole, heard this the story. Whole, I'll, I'll, I'll just repeat it really quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The casino. yeah. So, like, it. for the whole week, <laughs> try to, trying to, like, get him for the week, haven't been able to get him for the week. Um, it's, like, the last night he's in town, and he's like, look, just come to the casino, Crown Casino. We're here with all my work colleagues, but, like, I'll get you in. Got in. Uh, was, like, a whole work thing. It was, like, 100 people for wow. his, like, work shindig. And he told everyone that I was a customer. And so, for the whole night, I had to pretend to be this customer that Brendan was, like, uh, schmoozing <laughs> with the thing. So yeah. that I, yeah, so that I could, so that I could just, like, be there um and then uh i I ended up like getting uh, you know a little bit in the pocket talking to a lot of his colleagues like and all these people are trying to schmooze me now and i don't know what the i was thinking but i'm at a bar with like 10 of these people i have like 15 dollars to my name and uh i'm like something in me i was like i'm gonna try this so they're ordering around and i i I yell out to everyone i've got this and i hold my card up in my hand i go i got this guys with fifteen dollars in my name, and yeah. uh, they all shout me down immediately, going, "No, no, 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 no! We've got this! We've got!" This. And I like felt so, I don't know, it was like just like this weird hubris of like, I don't know, just like just like I felt amazing, I felt untouchable. I was like, "Yeah, so that I the, called that." That was the plan, like yeah, hundred percent. That was the plan. <laughs> those those dummies from whatever his company's name was, they didn't see that coming. I think Ben used to work there as well, actually, Benny. Okay. Anyway, anyway, that's a story for another time. That sounds like a movie. I think we should we should get the screenplay for that one done. Can be yeah. called... Uh, work event crashes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Christmas party crashes. Anyway. Um, Maybe. What's your, what's your vibe on this film? Like, do you have memories of this when it came out? 2005, it's gone back a while now, but it was right in the middle of that, uh, I guess, the peak of, of Fitz Vaughn, for starters, which we'll get to in mm. a sec. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I think I remember more clearly, like, the, the just hit after hit of Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson to a degree as well. Yes. Like, that, yeah, that's yeah. still there. But, and also just the poster, that poster of just like Owen standing and then like Vince Vaughn sort of leaning back. Um, mm-hmm. 
against like the solid white like that that's really the most vivid memories i think of when it came out it's a film i probably saw a couple years after it came out for the first time though um uh but yeah i like i i I like this film a lot never went back to it um like maybe saw it twice and the last time would have been years ago like years and years and years ago Mm. but just yeah fond memories but not, not a big one for me and i was so uh so entertained yesterday when i watched this again um there's like there's like a lot of small things i didn't think about and then there's like a lot of other things like bradley cooper in this i really love Mm. uh because i've I've seen so much more like we've all enjoyed so much more of bradley cooper since especially in like dramatic roles and you see him this like complete uh jerk off kind of role um yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so i didn't like have a strong attachment i guess to answer your question but like it was it was always there what about you mate similar where i don't think i caught it in the like original wave but definitely not too long later and it was as you said like owen almost peak owen wilson and vince vaughn in in that aspect like i know vince vaughn was coming off old school starsky and hutch dodgeball he had a cameo in anchorman and then wedding crashes and then the breakup with jennifer aniston and I think from there it kind of trickled off a bit, and he hasn't quite reached the same heights. Um, and Owen Wilson, similar, like throw in Zoolander, throw in, you know, the Jackie Chan Shanghai yeah. Noon and Shanghai Nights movies. Um, and yeah, both those guys, top of their game, really great chemistry is one of the things that we'll talk about later. Like them together, mm. like those scenes, they're just fantastic. The banter back and forth, they're just really quick paced and. It's that whole um, frat pack, I think they called it, which was your Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson, Will Ferrell, Jack Black, uh, all these guys, Vince Vaughn, collaborating and, and being like appearing in each other's movies. Um, yeah. Whether it's a cameo, like Jack Black being in Anchorman or like the way that Will Ferrell was in this movie for like a few minutes. It's just, um, it was a really fun time, I think, to be going to the movies and having that kind of uh recognition of of what what was maybe happening with these friendships behind the scenes yeah yeah absolutely i'm trying to think of who jack black was in anchorman now uh he was the the biker that uh kicks his dog off the bridge (laughs) i can't can't watch much much to ali's distaste gotta watch anchorman again i think yeah (laughs) Yeah. not for that not not to see dogs get kicked off but just to remember that scene because i don't remember that at all sorry but yeah like you said um there's the cast in this movie is rolls deep like bradley cooper it was probably his first big film he'd done some stuff before this but had to audition they hired him like straight from the audition because he was so good at playing that kind of you know handsome jerk who you, you kind of understand why Rachel McAdams is with him because he's handsome and he's, you know, he, he's got a job where he's like a humanitarian, but then there's like a dark side to him where he's actually a total douche. Uh, and but there's, yeah, even, and I don't know if this is like just this one scene where it's, I think it's the first dinner they have after the wedding at the house and he's in like the like the living room drawing whatever they call it mm-hmm. those rich folk and he's like regaling everyone in the tale of like this time he saw the otter 
And it's yeah. he's like he's just talking about how cute the otter was, but he like he's like it was so cute with his whiskers and the oil, and it's like it's obviously it's obviously a shit situation. I don't know if that's like him riffing or if that's the writing, but I like it's like little it's things funny. like that throughout this entire movie that I like realized yesterday when I was watching. It. Like it's those things I think went over my head probably the first time I watched it. They're actually you know that's hilarious. Anyway, mm. yeah. Uh- it's and on top of that you've obviously got christopher walken who's like a you know household name by this stage rachel mcadams is having another like amazing run similar to like those other guys she was coming off mean girls Mm. and the notebook so there wasn't much she couldn't do at this point and i think she was really cool in this movie too beautiful as well like just stunning like isla fisher too like I don't know if she had done much before this, but it was probably the first time that most of us kind of uh, became aware of her, unless we happened to be like a, a big fan of one of the, um, I don't know, she was probably on Neighbours or something before that, <laughs> Home and Away, I'm guessing. Yeah, I don't, like I every... don't remember her from anything before that. Yeah. 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 Uh, and but the other thing I wanted to say was this... Um, this movie has a, a pretty solid reputation. Um, it, so it was, uh, it's, it's been named in like, you know, the, the greatest, com- like the f- top, you know, hundred greatest comedies of like the decade and of, or, of all time and, and that kind of stuff occasionally. So mm. going back and watching it again with that in mind, I think I, I might've been a bit harsher <laughs> on it than, oh, really? uh, than previously. Yeah. So Ooh. I've probably watched this like four or five times in since 2005 and I think this was like the least I've enjoyed it of all those times and we'll get to that <laughs> later. But um, yeah, filmed for $40 million, made $288 million at the box office. So pretty good. Where do you think the Rotten Tomatoes score has uh, fallen for this one? Uh, it's going to be high 80s, right? It's uh, 76, which <sighs> is pretty good for i think that's that's i think it's good for comedies right. right yes exactly comedies, comedies never do well with yeah anyway especially one that has like some of the scenes that are in this movie like it's definitely an r-rated uh comedy a raunchy comedy hmm. it's probably only like there's something about mary and movies of that level that are gonna be reviewed better than than this style of movie i think as far as comedies um, but I've got some critic feedback or comments here that I think sum up the two different sides of of how I feel about this movie. So the first one's from a guy called Cole Smithy who said, Vince Vaughn commits rampant acts of comic zeal while the script around him crumbles in a movie that loses its thrust like a cat caught in traffic. Uh, <laughs> he really... He, he I think he's... Um, the way... The way that he delivers lines and kind of is scrambling for most of this movie in in that house with the rich people where he doesn't want to be, I think he really holds up the movie to a, the the humor to a big degree. Whereas Owen Wilson's kind of for a big chunk of trying to play this like romantic lead. Yeah, I like. I guess it's kind of the. I haven't really thought about this film. Like critically, but like if I think about if I think about um so Owen Wilson's character, right? So uh 
that's a character who from the start is already completely uh, switched off of the wedding crashing vibe, right? Like you get that immediately when he sort of falls flat lying in bed next to the girl. And that's your first sort of indicator that he's... This is a, a, by the way, crazy premise that people crash weddings exclusively just to sleep with women. But like it's it's the premise of the thing and you kind of, you get like a, you get right into it through a three minute montage, like a long montage of them just crashing weddings. Um, but he is very single focused throughout the rest of that film on Rachel McAdams character. So yeah, I kind of get yeah. that. And I kind of also agree that like Vince Vaughn is doing really heavy lifting in this film in terms of like making it funny making his moments funny but and i don't know if like your next thing that counters that is going <laughs> to talk about it but like I, I i do agree with the like their chemistry is incredible yeah. um and I, again i think i like i'll attribute that more to vince than i'll i will owen but like the way they bounce <laughs> off each other is just great i don't know if we're going to get there and if i should like lump this in now but like one of the th- things about this film for being really picky is like how uh just how like kind of textbook like rachel mcadams character is because she kind of has to be because she's mm. this um like the single sane person in this crazy as heck family i'm not swearing by the way for you i'm really you. holding it together I'm, I'm sure i've let a few f-bombs go already but anyway she, she, she's <laughs> like yeah. To, to make this work, she has to be uh, like likable and relatable. And for this to be funny, everyone around her has to be crazy. So like Isla Fisher yeah. is, you know, this crazy sex fiend. Her father's just this um, sort of, alo- not aloof, but like this ignorant to a degree, you know, president elect to be. Mm, um, yeah. The the mum is <laughs> this, this cheating spouse. The brother is this really kooky artist who's misunderstood. The grandma's racist. And then Rachel McAdams, Adam, sorry, is just normal. And yeah. <laughs> that's kind of the, that's, she, it kind of makes her pale in comparison to the rest of these characters in a lot of ways. Um, and her, like, her biggest defect is that uh, her, her fiance is a douchebag. Like, that's kind of it. Yeah. There's definitely, so, there's definitely some weak writing in the way that women are portrayed in this movie. And I'm not saying, like, I'm not like a super woke feminist, like stand up and bang on about these things. But you this are? movie, if this movie's glaring, like my my wife isn't like that either. But she was also like almost offended by the way that some of these women were were portrayed. But I, I don't want to like step on the later category with that. So we'll come, we'll circle back around. Dream. Okay, okay. Um, there's there's a website called Movie Mum. I don't know if you know about Movie Mum, but the, one of the critics there said, this movie features rapid fire dialogue and sincere affection between best friend leads and strong chemistry between the actors who portray them. So that's the, the positive side of, um, you know, the critical perspective that i wanted to throw in there because it like i i said up the top like the chemistry between owen wilson and vince vaughn is as good as you you get from like a two lead kind of comedy i think yeah i I, you buy them as friends don't you like he tells that story about how they've been camping on his birthday every year and i didn't i didn't know if that was bull like and i i think probably it's not and you you don't actually see him people until after that scene but like i i thought that was him bullshitting his uh <laughs> colleague whoever that lady was presumably yeah, yeah. The, you know the pa or whatever um but then he shows up at the end with the the sleeping bag yeah. when when they're estranged from each other so you realize that it's not yeah 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 
And I think that's their attempt to try and humanize these characters who are really not good people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely have, <laughs> definitely have sinister motives. I'll say that for yeah. free. Yeah. That's yeah. definitely that'll that'll be a reoccurring. I'm so um, glad you I'm so glad you thought of me when you thought of this film, dude. Like, <laughs> let's keep talking about it because the more you, the more you dig at this, I feel like the more you dig it at me. So let's keep going. <laughs> no, this is the funny thing is that like in my memory, it was like a feel good like look at these good natured guys that just love a party, and that's why I said like good natured dirt bags because it was upon this watch that I realized. Oh, hold on, these guys aren't good natured like. Really? You know, party dudes, they're just dirtbags. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't, so like, who, I don't look better? at you that way. I'm you're thinking like, of who, you. <laughs> who better to join you on the... Who do I think of... Who's the biggest chauvinist that I know? Is what you thought. You were the fun... You were the fun-loving party man that I was thinking of. It was... It was. I invited you before I, I rewatched it. But uh, I anyway... Appreciate we, I appreciate we, that. I appreciate we digress. That. I appreciate that walk back. Thank you. The um, the number one song when this movie released in 2005 is... Uh, well, what do you recall as the biggest novelty tune of uh, well, the mid-2000s? I could not tell you. I could not tell you. Is it... Is it, um... it was a big <sighs> mobile phone... Big big ringtone, this one. Oh, is this the crazy frog? Yes. It can't be. Oh, it is. Wow. Yeah, okay. <laughs> number one. Like, it's crazy to think of something like that even getting in the charts at all, but it was number one for three weeks on the Arias. So. I kind of hope you... Like, I, I wish you kind of, like, lied about it and said the next one so that everyone <laughs> listening doesn't have that ring-a-ding-ding shit through the head. ring a ding 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 Yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll move on quickly. Um, what have you done for me lately? So Vince Vaughn had the fighting with my family movie a couple of years ago that you might have seen like about the wrestler. Um, mm-hmm. He's got a movie coming out this year called Queen Pins, which is about a pair of housewives who create a $40 million coupon scam. That sounds fun. Um, Will Ferrell, did you see Eurovision that came out last year? I did, yeah. I saw I saw parts of it. I think I sort of like drifted in and out, if I'm being right. honest. <laughs> but I saw the song with Rachel McAdams. Yeah, yeah. Surprisingly, uh, surprisingly good movie for for a Netflix um, comedy. They're, they're not usually, you know, the best. Maybe it's just the bias from the Adam Sandler movies. But um, hmm. yeah, Rachel McAdams was yeah, as you mentioned, also in that. She has uh, the Doctor Strange movie coming out next year, so that'll be one to look out for. Mm-hmm. Owen Wilson was in a movie called Bliss that came yeah. out last year. On Prime Video at the moment. No, yeah, I, I think Amazon. I saw it on Prime, yeah. Yeah, it's on my Prime list. Uh, not got around to it yet, but Isla Fisher was in that Disney Plus Christmas movie, Godmothered. Christopher Walken did three movies last year. One of them was called The War with Grandpa, which is a family comedy, like a Robert De Niro movie. And Bradley Cooper's got the the next Thor movie that he's working on at the moment. Obviously, he's the voice of Rocket Raccoon. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, which is great. I love that he's that role because every time I watch those movies, I just forget that it's him because it doesn't really sound like him. I, I, when you said he was in it, I was like, oh, is Bradley Cooper in the new Love and the Thunder movie? And then I realized it was that, yeah, okay. That makes more sense that it's Rocket. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, what's the most 2000s moment of Wedding Crashes? 
I really struggled with this. I, I, I struggled with this a, a fair bit, to be honest. There's mate. nothing that jumps out, is there? Like, it's nothing no. cr- crazy. So what I wrote down was, first of all, there's a lot of reading newspapers to discover information. <laughs> We're really clutching at straws here, then, aren't we? <laughs> well, it, it, this is this is something that wouldn't happen now, is the way I'm looking at it. So okay. if, if you're learning about a party or there's a big wedding happening or, or whatever it is, you wouldn't be reading mm. about it in a physical newspaper, probably. Um, I think this movie is a bit of a last hurrah for answering machines and cordless landline phones. <laughs> I had a big, I had a big problem with the answering machine. I, I was like wondering, like, uh, uh. whatever, and I just yeah. wondered, like, if you're so morose, would you record an answering machine? Well, a new, your a old new answering one, yeah. machine message says, "Hey, it's me. Leave a, leave a message. I'll call back immediately." And then you, you hated the positivity of that so much that you recorded it anyway. Um, he may have got a new answering machine in between, but. I think you're on the right track with uh, yeah. with pointing that one out. Um, yeah, no, look, I still I still struggle. I mean, there's like like, and you wouldn't even call those things anachronistic because they still exist today. But I, yeah. yeah, I I think like the most two thousand thing about this film I think about is is that run of films, and mm. um, you don't. I, I feel like there's a lot of B and C grade comedies that um, go for what this is today, which I might also be standing on a, a later question there but i i think that uh none of them really have the sort of the the firepower this film has and i think this film gets a, away with a lot in terms of like sometimes it's not funny but like vince vaughn really makes it funny like lines for instance anyway mm-hmm. i i to be honest with you mate i don't have a solid answer for your 2000s question and i uh i'll i'll, I'll concede a point I if think- this is a competition <laughs> i'll concede a point I think we could go with the cast for that then. Like if I say Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn are in the movie together, you're thinking mid 2000s. Like that's just what's going to come Yeah, to that's mind. cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll pay that. I'll pay that. So let's, let's go with that. If you say Rachel McAdams and Isla Fisher are doing a film, I'd be like, oh, really cool. Can't wait to see it. Like that's possible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Vince, Vince, did you see him in um, the last season of Curb Your Enthusiasm? No, I haven't got access to the HBO stuff, so I'm, I'm banking up like a bunch of, of shows to, to jump in on and, and check it out because I, I love Curb Your Enthusiasm. But apparently he, well he, like he was he, like Vince Vaughn wasn't playing Vince Vaughn. He was playing a character in that season. Is that right? Yeah, but he's also like not... And he's not like super in it either. He's only in there for like, I think, two episodes, like somewhere in the beginning and somewhere towards the end. But um, mm. like my, so that's my... always That's always weird to me, like... A show like Curb, which is based in like our real world, and there's people playing themselves so often, to mm. have someone as big as Vince Vaughn come in and they're playing a character is like that. That kind of throws me off a bit. Where Richard Black shows up and he's not as big of a celebrity as Vince Vaughn, but he's friends with Larry David. Anyway, I'm kind of going on a tangent. <laughs> yeah, I think I think with that, and I think also with Vince Vaughn's career since like this this run of films, like I think he's. He had such success that he he took a step back and just produces mm. for the main part and then just like acts in the things that he thinks is fun. And I imagine that he's like, because he's a comedy guy, he's probably like really good friends. He's like, anyway, who cares? Yeah. I'm speculating at best. <laughs> Let's get back to the okay. questions. <laughs> okay. So most iconic scene, what'd you have for this one? Uh, so for the most iconic scene, like the thing I think about the most when I think about this film is actually that opening montage. Yeah, and the shout it, montage the shout montage that's right and in particular yeah. and I know this is like a bit maybe it's because I'm uh, 
exactly the person that you invited me on here for, but <laughs> I know but, what you're gonna say. No, but the like dip. just the the twi- yeah the dip the dip was actually like a really great um it's a really good cut I think like just because it, it just it just it cuts so smoothly it works so well and there's breasts breastuses everywhere. Um, yeah. I was actually a little bit put off by that watching it uh, yesterday because I just, I couldn't believe how like egregiously they were just like doing that normally like no, yeah th- there's more like tasteful ways that those scenes are done especially lately i think the way that like nudity is sort of portrayed in films is always like it's always like not full-on front-on um mm-hmm. gratuitous and then this is just yeah it's exactly what that is so maybe that's why it sticks you know for of mind <laughs> um but yeah, yeah. I, had sh- I had the montage what about you mate similarly um so Usually when I sit down to watch these movies, I'm already thinking ahead of what's going to be like the most iconic scene just because of the way that my brain's wired. And the ones that stuck in my head were the montage, the shout montage, the the shots of them like, you know, being the life of the party and the Mm. the wedding crashes that everyone wants to crash their wedding, I guess. Um, And then the other one was the football, the touch football scene for some reason because as we got back to that, it wasn't that funny of a scene. <laughs> like it's, it's got a couple no. of funny moments, but to it like for some reason the visual of it stuck in my mind. Mm. Um, but uh, as I was actually sitting there watching it, the most iconic scene to me is when Will Ferrell shows up, and you get to see this character Chaz that they've been talking about, and see that he's living with his mom. He's still bringing girls yeah. back. And then he takes him to a funeral. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that, like, that's just like, I don't know. It's it, it's the epitome of what a wedding crasher is. I, I slightly, I slightly misremember the funeral in the like the way the sequence went. But yeah, that also is very prominent in my mind. When thinking about this yeah. film is just thinking about Will Ferrell just yelling <laughs> at some stranger's <laughs> grave. Damn you, Roger. <laughs> Uh, yeah so that yeah i think we're on the same kind of wavelength i'm a sucker for musical moments in these movies i always tend to go with like the montage or the the musical sequence and um yeah the the shout montage is definitely up there you've just got music in your soul john don't apologize for it I'm i'm a soul man Okay, what holds up the best? We've mentioned a few things already, so we might re- we might be repeating ourselves. But what did you have for this? I think a lot of the back and forth really holds up. Like I think like moments like when Vince Vaughn is confessing to the priest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like and that's there's no back and forth because it's just him talking. <laughs> it is. It really, but it's like, exactly yes. <laughs> it is just him talking, but it's it's like things like that are actually really funny, and and it's it's hard. Uh, I think for a film like this. Um, where the premise is so uh, sleazy um, mm-hmm. for it to not tread on, I guess, like, like su- to use your phrase, Jonathan, uh, super, super woke ideals, you know, super woke uh, <laughs> culture. But like, I think like a lot of the humor in this is actually beyond the sleaziness of the premise. And it's actually just like the, the sort of the shock that these characters go through as they go through these hurdles and particularly Vince Vaughn's um you know it starts off he's is using isla fisher and then it kind of turns out that she's actually just smarter and more aware and just playing into this and, and that yeah. i think um holds up a lot better than i i, I might have thought it would also a lot of the slapstick stuff in this like the 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 shot of um 
when when they're going hunting and Bradley Cooper like goes to take a shot at Owen Wilson, Owen shoots and the recoil of the gun forces him backwards to the ground, like so forcefully, <laughs> yeah. like so so stupidly, <laughs> and then and then and then Vince Vaughn gets shot at the ass, like little things like that. I'm a sucker for like I'll I'll love that to the end of the days. So anyway, yeah, there's a there's a bit of that like the football scene too with those tackles. Yeah. Just, like Vince Vaughn's six foot four, like legit six foot four or five. And I don't know how tall Bradley Cooper is, but he's not that not tall. Not six five, man. Yeah, he's not that tall. Nah. <laughs> yeah. what, what did you like about it, man? Uh, the chemistry is something I've mentioned a few times and just that banter that you also mentioned. I think that it, it works so well. Like when they're, um, you know, telling each other, lock it in, or they're like, like arguing about like rule... 32 and rule 17 and and then like all the times that they're just like when they're at odds with each other is always always quite funny i think and Mm. i also liked the way that they banter as they're like preparing for the weddings and they've got their like fake names and they're arguing about you know should we be like entrepreneurs from montana no we did that last week let's be you know jewish like you know whatever like it's it's funny and them making up stories you know like never commit to a relative unless you you know they're breathing and it's there's a lot of um a lot of good lines and dialogue and you can see that they would have like improved a lot of that stuff as well which um it's good like the pace of the the humor is really well it uh, works really well in some points where it's just really snappy i think mm. and that keeps the the pace moving along really well um casting bradley cooper holds up really well too because he's just gone on to be like a super duper mega like oscar nominee and everything like that uh and being a relative unknown i think when this came out is um it's a, it's a good legacy for this movie to i think to to be the ones that kind of got onto him early. Mm. Yeah, and he and he really goes for it as well. Like, he's not holding anything back there. Yeah. He's, he's absolutely happy to be an, uh, a scumbag. Um, yeah. And he kind of went on a run of comedies after this. Like, he did a couple others. He eventually got onto, like, The Hangover and those, mm. that series. And um, it was, wasn't, was I think, until, um, like, Limitless was probably the first one that he did that was like, oh, like he's, he's moving out of the kind of the comedy comedic sphere, yeah. and, and the rom-com roles because he, he did a few of those like as supporter i think he was in like how to lose a guy in 10 days um in in some capacity as well with was mcconaughey he? yeah looking at his imdb the friend so yeah probably maybe, the friend or, or yeah. like the 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 uh maybe the rival love interest who knows i haven't seen that for a long long time mm. um but yeah, so that's that's that. What holds up the worst? I've got a few, quite a few things here. Uh, I think the name Epstein was dropped no less than two times in this film, so I think that's probably top. <laughs> that's going to be the top, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like they, I think the first time they went to a Jewish wedding, they impersonated, like they said, "I'm such and such Epstein." So yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't do that these days. Um, I think the yeah, I think the general um, setup of the film. Uh, and the the sort of the naivety of women um, mm-hmm. maybe is less tol- tolerable, I guess, um, because it's so it's so stupid the the gimmicky way these guys are actually um, you know out there wooing wooing women like and also I I don't know that it would have even been 
I want to say believable because it's comedy and it's like set in this like really stupid world. But like just yeah. even the 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 lines they were using, like like constant, like we lost a lot of good men. Yeah, <laughs> the Yankees, you know, <laughs> yeah. like just just like the believability of of these lines is is not quite there. But also, it's meant to be a little bit over the top, and so you buy into it a little bit, I guess, because you're trying to have a laugh. But yeah, I think that's I, I don't know something about that just didn't sit well with me. Um, and I think as well, there's probably less uh, less appetite for like films centered around like super wealthy, likable families. Uh, I might be like. <laughs> reaching a bit but just the notion of of, of of being surrounded by like the the highest society of of anywhere is just kind of like yeah. off-putting to me and not at all desirable and uh, i wouldn't believe that rachel mcadams lives in a family like that ever um sorry to jonah's richer followers <laughs> that's the um occupy wall street coming out in you salim eat the rich yeah Jono, eat the rich <laughs> the 99 percent um, you're, you're totally right about like some of these characters and the naivete. Like, although I do like the Owen Wilson's line, I think we only use ten percent of our heart. <laughs> that was that was that was the second best line. I think uh, the first best that I I had to write down because I actually was like, this is really good. It's uh, true love is soul's recognition of its counterpoint uh, in another. How poignant is that for this film? That's pretty good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, so. The female characters at these weddings are so stupid and gullible and naive and just willing to like jump into the arms of these guys with their phony stories and yeah oh like he, he danced with the kid like he's gonna pull that move and it's gonna work every time he he, he did the balloon animals like that's a hundred percent success rate um, and then on top of that you've got Isla Fisher's character who behaves at some times like she has a, a an intellectual disability is how my wife described it uh in her medical opinion <laughs> oh wow yeah like she is acting like a child at this wedding when she wants to bring this guy that she just met to her family home and she's like holding her breath and stomping her feet at a wedding like she's six years old which is not adult behavior um and then the the way that she like completely doesn't pick up any of the verbal cues from Vince Vaughn's character about his interests in her and, and the, it kind of twists at the end where she's using him or she's like I'm gonna you know it, it flips around but at, still it's 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 odd I think you look I think you're right okay <laughs> just between you and me I think you're right but I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Isla's corner for a moment so I think that I don't know if this comes across entirely maybe I'm reading a lot in this but like the the character there's there's definitely a reading of her character where it's like uh she is because she admits her like at a certain point in the film like she basically admits to like just kind of she admits to not being a virgin because she told him that because that's what she thought he would like to hear Mm -hmm. and there's a part of me that wonders if all that behavior at the start is her leading into what she thinks his kind of fantasy is and even his complicity in that being not wanting it and like rejecting it is like this fetish of a like this this kind of kinky thing that she thinks she's onto <laughs> that he's not because the only reason I, I I'm even like putting yeah. this out there is because one so much hotter 
uh, if that's the case. But two, um, she's actually more adjusted later in the film, like so much more adjusted. Yeah. Like when her and when he and her are in like a proper um, relationship, whatever that looks like mm-hmm. for them. Um, aside from the fact that she was uh, suggesting to do a threesome with the two bazoon chicks down the road or whatever, um, like she she just seems less that and more of a normal person later in the film. It's not mm-hmm. obvious enough that I think that what I just said made any sense, but like that's how I want to read it, you know. So if, if you guys agree, yeah. if you guys I agree, think- downvote this podcast. <laughs> it kind of makes sense because <laughs> Vince Vaughn is like telling the priest that he's into it. Or whatever like he's telling him that it, he's, he's digging it and it turns him on and everything so yeah the, there, there might be well, something there but. there's yeah maybe i don't know I'm, maybe i'm reaching who knows yeah and then like to take this this idea about the writing of these female characters further you mentioned rachel mcadams she's the sane one in this crazy family and her flaw is that she's staying with this guy that she's clearly not right for and is clearly abusive and everything like it it makes her look totally weak and spineless and that she's just kind of the object of uh of owen wilson's desire so to speak and that he like he's he's literally trying to win her the whole time like he's she's a prize to him and then he comes up with this ridiculous speech at the end of the movie and all is forgiven, all the lies and sleaziness and everything and let's kiss in front of everyone. Yeah. No, so like I I, I agree with you and like, and I, I, you know, you're echoing my thoughts here entirely but like I, and I hold a lot of that to like just, like these, these kinds of films often fall into this trap where it's, it's, it, it has to resolve itself somehow. Right. And so like, mm-hmm. because they, because they spend the first and second act just building up in these crazy ways um, but they want to get back to some kind of like human result in the end, which is like these two people fall in love. It's very hard to do that, right? And so normally it's rushed and it is rushed in this film where it's basically all done in that church. And that church scene, in my opinion, is actually the worst scene in this entire film. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've like, got a lot to say about that. Well, I can't wait to hear it. I can't wait. I'm sure the listeners cannot wait to hear it either. But also, I think that, you know, as much as we don't like um, sort of the two-dimensionality of that character that Rachel McAdams plays, it's it's also kind of necessary in this film. Because again, like a lot of that humor comes out of everyone else. Um, Mm -hmm. And so like what suffers is actually what's central to the plot, but it's not necessarily the central reason you go to this film, right? You don't go to this film because you want to see her and Owen Wilson get together. You want to go to see... Vince Vaughn gets shot in the ass, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's like what drives the film. So I like, I'm yeah. with you hundred percent of the way. Look, I'm not here to be anti John O'Peck's point of view. Um, sure. I just think your, that as, a, good as friend. a, of course, <laughs> you're my good friend who's a fun loving party goer. Um, my uh, putting my writing hat on, I think there's a way to make it make more sense that she's still with this guy though. Like make them, high school sweethearts and that they've they've always been together and that like it, we, it would be way more difficult to break up than to stay together and there's, she's just there's, resigned herself to that yeah absolutely i totally agree with that i do yeah he didn't have to he didn't he didn't have to be like half the asshole that he actually is for him to yeah. be <laughs> not the right guy but he actually like the they squeeze they in so far. many yeah yeah well they squeeze in like so many um like uh cheating references like he's cheating mm. so many hints that he's just constantly cheating on her yeah. which is you need one i think they have like three you know uh, anyway yeah. we're, we're, we're on to the next one 
Yeah, so this is still the same question of what holds up the worst, but I just have to rail on uh, Steve Faber and Bobby Fischer, the duo that wrote this film. I just have to say, what were you thinking? Steve and Bobby, the, the last scene in this movie of the wedding is one of the most ridiculous scenes in any comedy that I've seen in my entire life. And if you've ever been to a wedding or been involved in a wedding, or been married, you know that this just does not hold a candle to reality in any sense. And maybe I'm being too harsh because it's a comedy, but there's there's still rules about like what's within the realm of possibility. And I can tell you, interrupting someone else's wedding to start with, that's bad. But then going to the front of the you know cathedral, whispering across the aisle, and... That, that's bad enough. Like, that's cringe enough. But then, like, he upsets the maid of honor to the point that she storms off. Another huge distraction from what's meant to be a special day for the couple that's getting married. <laughs> and he pours his heart out for everyone to hear in front of the whole church. And just everything gets put to the side. Like, you would lose a friendship over that. It's totally out of line. Like, and it's not like it's like, you know, the brothers come back from the war and like, or something crazy like that. It's it's just this guy who's yeah. been, you know, estranged because he's been moping around for the last year or whatever. Like, do they not know the words, let's talk about this later? Like, could you not just, you know, put a pin in it while these people get married? Like, this is the sp- most special day of their life and you're ruining it. <coughs> yeah, I... Uh... <laughs> uh totally agree like that last that last act really is just really uh hard it's the hardest part of the the first it's not that bad like let's be honest like you can watch it it's not, not horrible um i think it it's meant to be like his character is meant to be endearing and that that moment is meant to be endearing like he just can't help himself and yeah i, I don't know if i like i totally agree with everything you say and i don't know if i ever would have felt that way but like you know you i think you got to kind of like forgive the film for that for the laughs you get earlier on you know and like no one i don't think when they're writing it anyone would be (laughs) as critical of it yeah it's i'm trying to think of a film that lands that well like lands that last act like i think something about mary definitely does like where where it gets like it gets it right like it's so heightened how crazy everyone is but it, it really gets the human moment at the end right where you believe that Mary and you believe that like Ben Stiller's uh, what's his name um, Ted I think it's Ted Ted yeah it's like Ted. you believe those two characters in their sincerity uh, but you don't I think maybe it's because Rachel who knows maybe it's because Rachel McAdams' character is so like hard to understand in in terms of like uh, like she's just again you, like what is she what do you know about it? You know that she's gorgeous, really lovely, funny, mm. um, and has That's like a really <laughs> has has like a great job. Like obviously has compassion, mm. um, intelligence. I think you're right though. Like o- overall, it looks and feels completely rushed because even the scene that follows that is right. The wedding ends, and then they crash the, the wedding. The bride and groom get in their car, and then for some reason, the best man and the maid of honor get in the same car. And they drive off and they're like, okay, whose wedding are we going to go crash? Like when has a wedding ever ended and there hasn't been like a party afterwards? Like what? They don't have their own reception. 
Yeah, I never thought about that. I never, I never thought about that actually. <laughs> Who goes from their this their ceremony to someone else's reception? Yeah, <laughs> especially <laughs> a rich, especially like a, a wealthy family like that. Like they could have explained it by saying like, you know, mum and dad aren't happy that I'm marrying you, so they're not paying for you know a, a party like that's okay we don't need to have a party oh let's go crash mm. someone else's like you know I'm, I'm fixing this script here on the fly um <laughs> and yeah, like i hate to be the guy that's like well that would never happen but like when it pulls you out of the the movie because it's just so unrealistic like that's the difference between like the suspension of disbelief and just like no like I have to put my foot down. You have so much respect for the sanctity of marriage, and I appreciate it, John. I'm oh, glad someone's here to defend it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just Bridezilla. Like, look out! Like, <laughs> I mean, if my if my brother was my best man, and if he got down and started like having a argument with his wife in the middle of my wedding, like, I, there would have been a, a bit of fractured, you know, like, healing to take place over that. Yeah, hard, hard hard Christmas <laughs> lunch in the Peck household that year. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right, <laughs> that's that's the end of what holds up the worst. Um, although no, it's not the end. I want to throw out like the Todd character, the brother. I just like there's a lot of overacting in some of these characters, and he's definitely the worst perpetrator. I have to say. I think yeah, he's like he's like a he's almost like a '90s trope. Like the, he's like he's the, from another movie, odd yeah. outsider. Yeah, God, it is. I, I liked, I liked him though. Like I didn't, I didn't hate anything that he did. I thought, I thought his character. I thought like the just the idea of that character that well. Like this, uh, this brother who's an artist in that family, which probably doesn't really appreciate that, yeah. but like totally puts it on him for his homosexuality. Uh, and then he's into Vince Vaughn and he did a painting on like that that's hilarious to me that there's a painting of Vince Vaughn in this film you know what I mean like that's such a weird thing to add in there as a just as like a as a as a laugh I don't know I thought and, that was, he, and I, he hangs on to it I like that he hangs on to it like he, he likes it despite the weirdness of yeah, what it he, represents he leads into it a bit yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I didn't hate that at all but anyway yeah. each, each to their own mm. Uh, so the next question is who would be most offended and there's two groups of people that I want to talk about the first one is like military veterans <laughs> so th- there's a scene where they don purple heart medals at the start of the movie to, stolen um, valor yeah. to get free drinks at a wedding <laughs> um, so that's a, a medal that is presented to military members who've been wounded or killed in armed combat so the movie was criticised quite heavily by um, outraged veteran groups that felt it was disrespectful and uh the film was also released around the same time that the stolen valor act became federal law in the u.s which made the false display of military awards a federal crime so big coincidence with that funnily enough this was an era i think where a movie came out and they would have like a website and you could like go to the website and there'd be like gag stuff connected to it and you could go to that website initially and print out your own like purple heart to <laughs> pin on your chest. So they, they pulled that down pretty quickly when the controversy kicked off. That is pretty funny. It's yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> the fact that they <laughs> thought that was a good idea that wouldn't get any criticism at all. I think they probably got lost a bit too much in their own humor. Listen, listen, listen. You're kidding yourself if you think that something along those lines has not been thought of by Brendan. 
as a marketing strategy <laughs> for 8-bit. So, like, yeah, he hasn't done that. It is purple, yeah. But there's, there's, yeah, there's definitely some, definitely some crazy ideas out there for the marketing campaign of this great podcast network. Mm, yes. Um, what what so was the other, other one you had? Uh, the other one was, uh, like, we've been talking about the portrayal of and writing of women in this movie. And there's an anecdote that I want to pull from, like, the trivia section of IMDb. So, Isla Fisher used a body double for her nude scene. She told Entertainment Weekly that the film's producers wanted her to be naked for five scenes in this movie. And she talked them down to just one and used the body double. So, she clarified that her theory was she thought it was difficult for women to be funny once the audience had seen their breasts and thought that her appearing nude would compromise the comedic quality of her performance, which is quite an astute observation, I think. And it speaks to me that she really understands comedy at a high level and makes sense with, you know, who her husband is now. Um, But the producers disagreed and deemed that nudity was essential for the plot. So you you package that in with that uh, dip montage um, at the start of the movie, which is showing a whole bunch of breasts um, quite gratuitously um, that seems so unnecessary. Like there's no reason they couldn't be wearing lingerie or something when it's right in front of the camera in the first like five or 10 minutes of the movie as well. Like after that um, media divorce mediation scene, which is a great opening for the movie, it's almost straight into that montage. Look, I, and everything we know about uh, Hollywood and like Me Too and and, and all of these cr- like f-ed up power dynamics that exist there um, in productions of films, like it doesn't surprise me that they thought that. I think you know anyone who's seen this film would honestly uh, probably agree that like there's no reason for it, there to be any nudity in this film. Like the whole thing works perfectly no. without any of it. But- like what does the like there's the scene where you do see some breasts of Isla Fisher's character that aren't her. Yeah, it's pretty for, clear. For it's, yeah, and it's pretty clear that it's not her. I think, especially since she's so famous. So, um, what you imagine her breasts to look like? Is that what it is? Or? <laughs> but what I'm getting at is, it adds nothing. Like they say, it's essential no, yeah, for yeah. the plot, and it really yeah. that's a cop out. That's exactly, just trying yeah. to appeal to a certain audience, and I feel like that's so obvious like i mentioned those two writers we've obviously got producers that i'm assuming are men and um i don't know it, it, there's something gross about it when you know all these stories that you alluded to just I, yeah i think i think like yeah you're right and um you know there's there's like a smuttiness to the premise that like coincides with with you know with this the films the same groups made like, like old school mm. but also like i mean uh like swingers was not too far behind this um and there's one more that like sort of lose me at the moment but like this idea that, like I, I imagine they're thinking this is going to be men mainly who are going to watch this and if there's like nudity in an era where internet porn isn't as prolific like you know like maybe this will be a reason they come back to it again and again i don't know like i'm 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 kind of Guessing, getting inside the mind of a, a 2005 uh, get, get inside the mind of man. a 30 year old single man who's, <laughs> who's who's bewildered by the fact that his good friends invited him on for wedding crashes but anyway let's go let's go what else do we have um, did you have any, anything to throw in there for 
who would be most offended? I think. No, I, th- I think I think he nailed it. Like I think a lot of the, the sort of homophobic jokes are a bit off color. Like it's not too. It's not a lot, but it's like the and, and uh, it's yeah, the grandma, the old, but the old grandma. Yeah, I, I, it's like yeah, we you know I, I think you, you get it. It's just a weird old grandma. Anyway. Yeah, I think that. <coughs> yeah, I'm sure there would be someone. It's not that, too that, bad that, that doesn't like that, but I think the the point of it is that she is out of place, and like it's the the joke, I guess, is that she's like Owen Wilson's character talks about it, like she's stuck in her ways, she's racist and sexist, but, and but even. Christopher Walken's characters like polls show that Americans will be sympathetic to our family because uh, of it. Yes. You know, like so it's yeah. like it's it, it's <laughs> but even that's not too bad, I guess. Like it's just it's it's positioning that character, the dad is a, a bit of a, a bit of a dickhead more than mm. anything anyway. Yep. <laughs> Does it pass the oh, internet man. relevancy test, Jonathan? Yeah, yeah that's the question. That. Um <laughs> I think borderline, like there's there's a gif of um Will Ferrell that gets used a lot. It's the one where he's doing this, like he's kind of like rocking his fists up and down in like a celebratory manner. I'm describing it for for the audio listeners. Yeah. Um as he sits there in what I assume is perhaps his mother's kimono that he's thrown on. Yeah. I love <laughs> you said morning. gif by the way. I love you said gif and not gif, but let's not start that again. That's me, man. That's how I roll. I have my grammatical reasons, but yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I was a no. I was I was a no on this one. I don't think I've I've seen anything on the internet about this film forever, forever and ever. But um, anyway, apart from what I just mentioned, because you've definitely seen that. Just that, yeah. That's yeah. that's there. That's there. Yeah, yeah. And if you do type "wedding crashes" into the you know the little search bar, there's 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 things in there. But um, yeah, I wouldn't say it's super relevant. It's definitely not on that top tier as um, many of the films we've looked at are. Uh, the next question is, is how would modern smartphones and social media change this movie? And I think, you know, I mentioned before, a lot of newspapers in this movie, a lot of exposition via news article that would happen on a phone if it was happening now. Uh, and the, the biggest one is probably that, like, any any film where there's, like, a... Uh, st- not a, a false identity, I guess, where someone's yep. pretending to be someone that they're not. That would be discovered much sooner. Like they're going to these weddings with these fake names. They're telling people that they're. Uh, what was their fake job in the like a uh, in the in, for the they were venture capitalists. Venture. A, that's the word a, I was looking for. Yeah, venture um, capitalists. Yeah. No, I think <laughs> I think you're absolutely on the money there. Um, Personally speaking, uh, you know, if not in front of you in the moment, if you're like, oh, I work for this company, it's not, it's like huge. I would like look it up and be like, oh, tell me more. And yeah. if not, then on the way home, I'd be like, that mother earns so much more money than me. What do they say they work for again? I'll like look it up and I'd be like, yeah, so angry. I'm like, well, what else are they doing? LinkedIn, like LinkedIn crushes this film, <laughs> like entirely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're at this house with this family for, what feels like days like there's a wedding and then they're there at the house to be fair to them i think it is i think it's two or three days <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, uh, which is crazy yeah but you nailed it they don't know anyone <laughs> yeah like like they're complete can you just imagine being like com- like looking around and be like why are we here like this is it's like you're at the kennedy's house or something and you're just like 
yeah <laughs> what is this a dream like i'm still in this house anyway <laughs> we've, all, we've all been on a holiday or going to a party where there's someone random there that no one's really sure what their connection yeah, is yeah nato every time i go to like <laughs> no, no i'm joking NATO. <laughs> sorry dude it's okay nato, nato doesn't listen to this he will now <laughs> that's all i have find out yeah no, cool cool could you make this movie today dream and what would that look like yeah, I, I absolutely think you can. I think that, um, you know, for all of the, like, plot holes that maybe we just po- pointed out and all the, like, things we, do, you know, that don't jive well at the moment, I think you can absolutely still make this film. This is a, mm. it's a fun premise. It's like a premise yes. of people pretending pretending to be someone else and um, and, and in the search for love, not not quiet, but discovering it, you know, in a, in a surprising mm. place. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a... It's absolutely doable, I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've been critical of the script. I think tighten it up, fix some of those plot holes, uh, maybe explain where all those clothes came from that they were wearing at this house. And, <laughs> you know... They just think, had... The um, family just had them. It just, yeah, they the just family had them. Just, they just had um, clothes for a six foot five... We have uh, <laughs> literally Island Fisher's character says we have everything you need. Don't worry, yeah. you know. And I, I kind of I bought it too. I was like, yeah, they're rich, you know. They've yeah. got they've got they've got everything in every size. <laughs> they've got it. What they should what they should have done was give Vince Vaughn clothes that didn't fit him right, <laughs> like pants. Yeah, that, that would have been good. Slightly too short and a shirt that was a little bit too tight. That would have sold it a bit more. See, look, I'm. I'm rewriting this movie on the fly. I think I'm, I think I think you should, mate. I think you should do the 2021 version. Okay, I'll pitch it to Vince Vaughn. (laughs) (laughs) I'll pitch it to uh, Steve Faber and Bobby Fischer. I'll say, I fixed your 2005 comedy smash hit, Wedding Crashes. It's time for a remake. How much did this movie make again, sorry? Uh, $288 million. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, guys, that that movie that made $288 million, I fixed it. Here you go. Hey, it could have made uh, $400 million. Just saying. Yeah, that's it. That's that's the angle you need to go with. Is yeah, what what about what you didn't make? <laughs> exactly. The Steve Buscemi Spark Plug Award. Steve Buscemi. A real spark plug. I feel like I feel like there's never been a clearer winner. Up until a certain point, I was thinking, am I going to have to give this to uh, Father O'Neill's character, uh, actor, like the guy that just sits there and nods? Like it was a good performance from someone that doesn't have any lines. But, um, you know, we got to the Will Ferrell scene and I was like, nah, it's 150 million percent Will Ferrell. Is it not the grandma who's from, who is the the lady that Adam Sandler's character gives piano lessons to in The Wedding Singer? It's not her. (laughs) She's okay. Uh, She's a very, she's one of those that, you know, like when you see a character an actor that just shows up and you're like oh that's the person that i have no idea where i know them from but i've seen them in a million things yeah yeah that's her she just plays like generic sweet old lady i think or racist um, old lady in this one or in this case against type as racist sexist <laughs> lady showing very, her uh, depth showing her depth yeah yeah she's very quick to grab the, the shotgun just because these guys were apparently lying about who they were. Like, I was impressed that she was so passionate about um, morality to the point that she would murder someone. I dug it. Yeah, I dug it. Yeah. I, thought that was, well, I thought it was funny. It's a funny it's a power scene, move. Vince Vaughn, it's a power move. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> 
But yeah, I mean, Will Ferrell, I, I'm going to give it to him because he steals the show. And uh, I just love the way that he, <laughs> he he was introduced. Like he walks down the stairs in complete silhouette and then he steps out through the shadows. And I can imagine not knowing that he's in this movie because he would have been like un, like credited or whatever. He would have been like, oh man, Will Ferrell just showed up. This is This is about to take it to the next level. His character is so... I so like Where's the beat love? So like so like his character makes entire like entirely his character makes sense until you until you see him like uh the attractive woman sort of leave his house and, and be interested in him. Like if he was undesirable to women, yeah. then entirely that character makes sense. But because he is somehow finding very attractive women to sleep, it's like so bonkers. But, but that's yeah. the twist. And he does that that's where it comes around, Salim, is it's genius. It turns out that he's picked her up at a funeral, yes, not a wedding, and that's where you go. Ah, oh, that's how he got but, her. But just she's but like, grieving. <laughs> but it's the other things aside. It's like it's like he lives home with his mum. That he's a pathetic man child. Yeah. That he like hasn't probably anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you get it. You get what I'm getting at. He wrote the rule book, so you know he knows yeah. what he's doing. <laughs> okay, dream is uh, wedding crash is still a good movie. I mean, I say yes, even though it's slightly tarnished under a microscope that I've been holding it to. Um, is it still a good movie? Yes. And it's one of the most memorable, probably, comedies of the 2000s for me. I uh, wholeheartedly agree. Like, I don't think anything in this film is that bad that it's it's not worth watching. It's definitely not like a cancelable offense like anything in this film. Definitely not. Um, it's just, a, it's just very I, dated in that um, perspective that it offers I think but, but I'll go like I'll go a step further as well like I'll say oh maybe I'm maybe I'm about to step a foot of foul here mate but I think um, <laughs> like in the, in the things that uh, we do find awful about this film in that like you know particular treatment of women I think the film kind of entered into those scenes knowing precisely what it was doing like it knew mm-hmm. that the women in those moments were gullible and and naive and like and because of that it kind of gets away with those scenes a little bit more than if it was just sort of this straight portrayal of women that just happen to be gullible and naive if that makes any sense at all like yeah. like the things that are bad the film knows what it's doing in those moments and is and there's the, the confidence throughout the film as it goes along that those moments are exactly what they should be for that film to move on you know you need yeah. those women to sleep with the guys for them to be uh, successful wedding crashes to then be undone at this super luxurious wedding where they fall in love. Yeah, and I think the, the where it does work is you the, for the first half an hour of the movie, I'm looking at these guys and thinking like, you're not good people, you're kind of dirt bags. Um, 100%. But that kind of makes it more enjoyable when they start to get their comeuppance at this family's house like Vince Vaughn's getting like shirt fronted and yeah. Owen Wilson is going through his own um, difficulties and Vince Vaughn's getting like attacked by uh, you know the brother and he's tied up and like there's just all these things going wrong for them and instead of sympathizing with them I was like yeah serves you right like this is what you reap what you sow <laughs> I was like, like the scene where Christopher Walken <laughs> walks into the bedroom while Vince Vaughn's tied up <laughs> Mm-hmm. And doesn't at all acknowledge that he's tied up. I was I think like, it's because it's. I think it's like that Hollywood thing where it's like 
it's meant to be darker than what it is for us. Like every bedroom scene, you know, people people wake up in the morning in in Hollywood uh, and it's like completely light, <laughs> or they go to bed and it's completely light. So I, I think, don't like, know, really, dude. I, I I think it's like more of a suspension of like disbelief tied in with like the the absurdity like the father's character yeah well just like that he just doesn't care like he's like yeah you're tied up like it's not the weirdest thing i've seen today anyway so here's what i have to say that's one way to look at it anyway and uh the under table hjc is also very funny (laughs) yeah that's so (laughs) just so unnecessary yes oh my gosh um but I think that's a good note to end on. So, yeah, uh, Wedding Crashes. Uh, Dream, people, as you know, can subscribe to this podcast. They can share it with their friends. They can also grab their 8-bit merch over at shop8bit.net. I know you've been out of the game for a little bit, Dream, but we've got some pretty sweet designs over there. So I think you should check it out and update your wardrobe. Uh, yeah, like that's the, the one thing I noticed about my wardrobe the other day was the lack of 8-bit attire mm. that I have in there. Yeah. I, um, I, was even... look, I was looking at the... Uh, I, was, I was actually wearing the uh, the uh, PAX 2019 shirt. 19. 19 oh, the Audio-Technica one? Yeah. The Audio-Technica one that has Bulmer on it the other day. Mm. Oh my God. So... Uh, walked by a guy in the street who I do not recognize wearing that shirt the other day and wanted to stop him, put my hand on his shoulder and say, who the f*** are you, <laughs> guy? Uh, but he was obviously just a fan and I, I missed that moment. Uh, but it was really touching. Really touching he could to work that. for Audio Technica as well because they had the shirts at PAX. No, he wasn't He wasn't handsome enough. He didn't look, he didn't oh, look okay. like the handsome people at Audio Technica. Right. He was um, a, a weeb or something, was he? No, he's just, you know, Audio Technica hire. They, everyone famously who works at Audio Technica is on a model contract so that they can be fired mm-hmm. in case they put on too much weight or, or, or just don't have the high enough cheekbones. So okay. um, not to say this guy was unattractive, but it's not, you know, not the 9 out of 10, no. 10 out of 10 caliber exactly not Matty Stallone material yeah that's exactly so there, right there's, there is a comedy rewind inspired t-shirt up on shop8bit.net so go take a look at that of course if you want to support uh, 8bit you can do that over at our Kofi page which is you know it's our version of Patreon so that's ko-fi.com slash we are 8bit there's some very cool stuff on there including the 8bit founders coin you can get in on the 8bit family portrait which is Star Wars themed this year uh, and of course podcast ratings and reviews go a long way to helping pump up our tires dream where can people find you on the social medias if they want to tell you that uh, you're not such a bad guy after all well uh you can (laughs) i really need that positive reinforcement guys so you can find me (laughs) Uh, you can find me at salim td s-a-l-e-e-m-t-d and uh, actually going to plug uh one thing really quickly and mm-hmm. and this is only because I realized how stupid an idea it was and I need to make 500 bucks. So basically uh, I'm doing um, push the up push challenge? up the push nice. up challenge. Yeah, I'm doing the push up challenge which uh, I did it last year but not for charity. I did it cuz my housemate was doing it and, and it just, you know, a bit of hubris. I was like, I'll show you up. I'll do the whole thing myself. Basically did right but but didn't do it officially and this year it came around i thought i'll do it do it properly this time hated the first day hated the second day 
and I'm on the third day now. Hated the third day as well. <laughs> uh, it's awful idea to, to do 3,318 push-ups in 25 days, guys, but I'm doing it. Um, but I am doing it for a good cause, which is uh, Lifeline Australia, who take calls from people mm-hmm. every 30 seconds in need. So it's it's a really well worthwhile cause. And if you do feel like donating... Um, uh, and donate to my calls go to my uh, Instagram and you'll see a link there in the bio otherwise of course just donate to anyone you see doing this uh, because it's absolutely a worthwhile cause so yeah what's your Instagram handle same 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 at Salim TD and you'll see some funny stuff there as well in the way of uh, filtered images at the moment yeah. because of a personal <laughs> pet project I'll tell you about afterwards okay but, very yeah. cool I love how you're doing these um, charity fundraising things without the charity like you you know you've you've grown a mustache most people do that for november to raise money you just did it anyway you did the push-up challenge just for fun not raising my, any money my plan my plan is to shave the mustache for the full month of november okay to raise money probably my mother will pay the most oh, for, right. for the month followed by my sister uh who mm-hmm. hates who both hate my mustache um okay maybe you'll yeah. go for like a fun run like a charity walkathon, just like alongside the, the charity walkathon. Well, listen, John, I've got a full year packed out. I've got I've got dry July, um, followed by uh, followed by nothing in August. It's a bit of a rest month. Followed by September, followed by sober October, another month of sobriety, which is exactly what I don't love in life. Followed by November, and then of course uh, followed by. Was December where I chopped my <laughs> off for charity. Brilliant. Well, I won't be supporting that one because I think that you might live to regret it. But anyway, that's that's where we're going to end. It's all for Comedy charity. Rewind. It's all for charity. <laughs> Which charity is that one for? Again? It's for the it's for the Unix Society. Yeah. Okay. Just just raising awareness. No money. Just just awareness. That's all it is. Uh, dear listeners we want to thank you for joining us on Comedy Rewind until next episode be kind <laughs>